Welcome to CEO to Rainmaker, a practical small business educational podcast designed to increase an owner's executive skills, raise profits, and achieve long-term sustainability. And now your host, Gene Valdez. Episode number 34, The Ultimate Women's Business Owner with Betsy Vavrin. Small businesses owned and operated by women in the U.S. is on the rise, as well as other minorities, be they Black, Hispanic, Asian, Native Americans, and other ethnicities. This is how it should be, as these groups are a growing percentage of the overall U.S. population, and they are entitled to their fair shot of the American dream of ownership, just like anybody else. My expert guest today is Betsy Vavrin, who is not only a female business owner, but her business model is to help female business owners and female business of color by working directly with financial institutions, helping them create programs to target those markets and fine tune their services. What I'd like to do is, with your permission, is give a brief bio of Betsy, and then we'll bring her out and she can outline in greater detail the scope of what she does for women business owners. Betsy is the founder and CEO of SMC Marketing and is an experienced marketing executive. In 1996, after a distinguished career in the financial and banking industry, she formed SMC Marketing. She is constantly working on new programs for her clients. And for that, I hope she doesn't mind. I refer to her as the ultimate business owner. So let's bring her out. Good morning, Betsy. How are you today? Well, good morning, Jean. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It is my pleasure. I hope you don't mind me calling you the ultimate women business owner. <laughs> I'm not sure I qualify. <laughs> uh, I think so. I think you walk the walk, you talk the talk. So not Thank only are you a female business owner yourself, but you're reaching out through your connections in the financial services industry to help other women business owners. So let's just start with a basic question, Betsy. What are some of the activities you are involved with while you were in the financial services industry? Well, my background is with a, a financial institution that no longer exists. It's called Great Western Bank. It uh, became Washington Mutual for a period of time, and then it has since evolved and continues as Chase Bank. And when I was the vice president of marketing at Great Western Bank, my primary responsibilities, since I had a background in sports marketing, were to handle the sports sponsorships that Great Western had involvement with, and that included the Great Western Forum at the time. Ah, interesting. Okay. It was a very interesting period of time and a lot of fun. And the other area that uh, I was responsible for was the mortgage area, both what they call third-party mortgage, which meant we would go into a city and really work as a local institution, but we would be providing the loans. And then I would also manage the program for all of loan servicing, which means all of the mortgages that had been financed through Great Western Bank were handled through the mortgage servicing department. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, since we're dealing with my listeners are business owners and they're entrepreneurs just like you. So what compelled you to start your own business in 1996? What was going through your mind? Were you confident? Were you a little fearful? You just took the plunge. Why did you do that? Well, I knew I was going to do something again. I, I had a business before a Great Western Bank. And before that, I was with the um, director of marketing for Coldwell Banker. So I had been in leadership positions before. And before that, I had a company called Strategic Marketing Concepts, which is where the SMC came from in our oh, okay. marketing. Okay. Okay. And as that, it was really time. I mean, there were... Great Western Bank had to be my favorite job ever. Have a lot of friends that I continue to speak with and consult with. And um, when it became obvious that the bank was going to be sold, we had a change in management and the director of marketing was unceremoniously deposed and we had replacement. We had a lot of first interstate people joining the company and many people were leaving in the marketing department. And my thought, quite honestly, Jane, was I don't want to be the last person out of the room. <laughs> I don't want to be the person out of the lights. I gotcha. So I, and I had always made it clear to HR that I would be staying. So as all of this was going on and simultaneously, there were some, my mother passed away, my, my father-in-law passed away, my 10th anniversary was coming up and it was just too many personal items coming up to deal with what was happening at, at the bank. And I started thinking about leaving. And I had the luxury of having a husband who had a suite and had a spare office. And I was able to move into his office. But at okay. that time, I had no intention of staying in, in banking or financial marketing. So that was the trigger event, what was happening with the banking industry at that time. And you had a little bit of experience of owning your own business already. So it wasn't going to be quite the, the plunge, but you still did it in 1996. And here it's 2022. And if my math serves me correctly, that's 26 years. It will be in August. That's a long time to be owner of a business. Well, you know, <laughs> what I found is I, I, I kind of like my boss. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so if you would, Betsy, tell me as it's presently constructed, what does MC, SMC provide? What services and how does it benefit your clients based on your knowledge of the financial services industry? Because I know that it's the financial services company that are actually your customers. But to explain to me the, the connection. What, what, what are you trying to accomplish here? Well, when I was at Great Western Bank, Gene, as I mentioned, my clients were the mortgage servicing division of Great Western. And because we were mortgage, we had clients throughout the United States, but we only had banking clients. Now, there was a difference and Many people wouldn't know this, but the retail bank, the actual having a checking account relationship only existed in Florida and in California. So the intent, as I, through my strategy and recommendations to the head of servicing, I thought those 
people who had a mortgage in Florida and California could open accounts with a retail bank and have a real checking account. Because when people think of their primary bank, they certainly, well, like me at least, they don't think of their mortgage provider as being their primary bank. They think of their checking account. So my recommendation to the head of servicing was, we should really try to expand these relationships and make these people, retain these people, but also grow their relationship. So at that time, I looked into a number of companies. I worked with our ad agency. I worked uh, separately on my own independently to speak to loyalty companies, to access what information they had or what services they would be able to provide to us to really do that, to deepen the relationship and to get these people to move from just a mortgage experience to a, 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 a actual bank experience. And so that was how I really became immersed and passionate about customer loyalty. So okay. That, okay. That, that was that was what started the business. I was I was very secure in that. Okay, so if someone were to say, so Betsy, what what's the mission statement of your company? How would you answer that question? We work with our clients to deepen and expand and retain the customers that they have. And those clients are not the business owners. These are the financial institutions. Our clients are the financial institutions, but it could apply to any line of business. It could be keeping their retail customers, which would be their checking account customers. It could be keeping their investment customers. We worked, one of the first programs we did was for a major regional bank, and it was to retain existing investment customers because there were some changes to the branches and they were losing these investment reps. And we wanted to be sure that they wouldn't lose the customers as a result. Okay. So you're a business owner, you're female, you offer your perspective. You're sort of a, an intermediary between the financial institutions and the business owners. Both parties need each other. Mm-hmm. And you're the conduit to say, if you want their business, Mr. Financial Institution, these are some programs that I recommend that you develop and I'll help you develop those. Do I got that right? That's correct. What what we do is we offer sort of that other experience to them. In other words, we have a, we have an outside experience and having been inside a bank, <laughs> I know how we talk to each other. We we don't really listen to the customer all the time. And it's okay. important to really understand what's going on in the in the customer's mind. And so there's really two elements. We want to provide that knowledge to them. And, and, and the secondly is to give them a strategy to best adapt their own products or communications or other kinds of information that they're sharing or producing products for their customers. Okay. All right. So as we all know, financial services are our for-profit institutions. We know that diversity and inclusion is with us today. And besides that, though, these minority-owned businesses, women business owners and the like have economic muscle. They have purchasing power. They have a lot of money. And for a bank, 
that would be a good thing for them to pursue that as long as they need, they know how to exactly do that. And that's where you're straddling the fence of both sides. And that's why I call you the ultimate female business owner. <laughs> well, thank you again. Um, <laughs> but it's actually more of providing the strategy to really understand and reach out to, to these women. My companies, as I mentioned earlier, really focused on customer loyalty. And for years, we've been following the various women, bank-sponsored women, I guess, associations or, or programs. And it, it started out many, many years ago. Citibank had a program, I think, 20 years ago called Women & Company, and it was for their high net worth uh, clientele. And uh, I guess 15 years ago, whatever that would be, date-wise, Key Bank established a women-focused program called Key for Women, and they're out of the Midwest. And subsequently, PNC Bank, also out of the Midwest, did the same thing, and it's just called Women in Business. It's not just for women business owners. In fact, both of those programs are for women business owners as well as women professional women. And subsequent to that, many other institutions have adapted their strategy, their marketing strategy, their small business banking strategy to address the needs of women. So I've been following this area for a long time, and uh, my company's been involved in even retaining customers who are in these programs uh, since that's our, our focus. But what really changed everything was really a couple of years ago, the social impact of George Floyd and, and the pandemic, so much hit at once that I realized these are women who really need help. This is where we really need to focus our time. Well, and this may seem like a dumb question though, Betsy, but our, your financial institution clients, they're listening to you, right? I mean, they, 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 they have a, a big heart. They want to mm -hmm. provide programs with your guidance to help these groups oh they're de definitely interested because they recognize and you have to remember there there's different areas of women's business some women have very mature businesses they've you know such as me i've been in business for you know 25 years i've worked with a, a number of people on my team to provide that success and be able to provide the programs and and uh, support that the financial institutions need and then there's, I mean, so many, as you mentioned earlier, Jane, so many women, especially women of color, are starting their own business right, since right. the pandemic. And so those women in particular, they really need help. As I mentioned before, when I started my business, I was fortunate. I had the resources. You know, I, I, made, <laughs> I made the HR decision to say, no, I guess I'm not going to stay at Great Western, even though the tagline was, we'll always be there. And I really thought that was it. That was going to be my last job. And okay. when I decided to, to start the company, I had the resources financially. I had the office. I had the materials, et cetera, to do that. But women who are just starting their business don't always know where to turn. I gotcha. So let me ask, uh, let me go in a slightly different direction. What services or sources of information, Betsy, do you think most women CEOs need today? They need to know, and again, we're talking about 
a, a, a spectrum of brand new and, and sort of struggling and not even legally formed yet to women who have companies that are mature and they have experience and they've established all of these relationships with well, Let's focus on the established ones for right now. Well, the, the established ones really need to understand what other resources are available to them. You know, when you have an established business, you don't operate that business within the financial constraint of just small business banking. You have other relationships with the bank. You probably have a payroll system with them. You have investments with them. You have 401ks for your employees. You have a number of other relationships with that bank. And all of that impacts what your own personal income is. And having the access to trained individuals at the bank who understand what those needs are, maybe the needs, especially having gone through the pandemic, and and we know many people and, and women in particular who've had businesses for years were just struggling to hold on. So many of them had to pivot their businesses, particularly in the restaurant industry, to do other things and provide other products and have different delivery systems, et cetera. So it's having an institution that understands what those are and to really understand the business issues that they're facing. Okay. Well, this may be the similar question or a similar question, but with different words, but let me throw it out there to you. What do you think successful business owners, women business owners are doing that the not so successful ones are not doing? Well, it's so important to network. <laughs> that's okay. We can all learn from each other. And, and that's one of the things I spoke with the woman who is um, the president of an organization for financial institutions called the Bank Administration Institute. And she was sharing with me that it used to be 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago when women were in financial institutions or maybe any area, they were really cutthroat. What's happened since then, thankfully, is that women are supporting each other. They're sharing their ideas. They're helping them with resources. And that's why it's so important to continue to network. And quite honestly, when you have your own business and you're busy managing the client relationship and managing your own employees to be able to deliver the best work for that client, it's not always easy to take off for lunch and, and go to a chamber of commerce meeting or to you know leave for several days for a conference of um, other women business owners. And there's several organizations out there that I would encourage listeners to really at least follow on LinkedIn. And depending upon your own personality, depending upon you know your own ethnicity, There are Women in Business Networks, National Women's Business Council, the Latino Business Action Network, Women's Founders Network. And there's some information that uh, I I believe, Gene, that you can share with your audience with regards to other resources that they can go to. Because even even if you have a mature company, you're still looking at 
ideas. You're still reading about business. You're still adapting to whatever's happening in the economy. And so it's so important to be able to have the, you know, find the time, but also know where to go to find these resources about how other businesses are pivoting and read some of the case studies about what they've done to overcome situations. Gotcha. Well, so you're saying, I mean, there could be other variables, but one of the key things that successful women business owners are doing is that they're networking. Would that then then that would be the the key message that you'd like to leave for my listeners today is that the power of networking and collaboration. Is that what you're saying? With your well, peers? absolutely. One yeah. of the one of the first uh, business banking programs that we had spoken with one of the top five institutions about was having, and again, <laughs> very much pre-pandemic, was to have programs in in the bank have some kind of networking or informational program. So for example, a CPA would be talking to these business owners about some of the tax issues, some of the things right. that are going to impact their business. And right. so it would be a, a group of, of women business owners that would come to the, to the bank. They would then share some of their areas and maybe share other resources with them. So that that was really perhaps one of the very first times that we've made a recommendation. Well, I'm a firm believer in networking myself. I think all of the business success that I have achieved has been attributed to to being aggressively networking because you can't do it all yourself. You got to have you got to have other people to work with you. So, but Betsy, this has just been awesome. But we have run out of time, young lady. And um, if any of my listeners wanted to get a hold of you, how what's the best way for them to do that? Well, I certainly invite them to, and they'll find some other resources on the our our company's website. It's smc-marketing.com, and there's quite a bit of information there in general about businesses. I did submit something to you, Jean, that with regards to the resources and organizations for women business owners. They certainly should look into the SBDC, the SCORE. There's a number of other minority groups, for example, New Economics for Women, PACE, which is the Pacific Asian Consortium for Employment. Definitely look up the Women's Business Centers. There's several of them. They're sponsored by the SBA that are around town, and they offer terrific opportunities to get together and network. And there's just so many other resources that um, I really encourage you to, to look at. And I certainly invite people to look at uh, my personal profile on LinkedIn. And we're in the process of putting together a Facebook page. Great. Great. Well, Betsy, thank you so much. Well, thank but you. We've come to the conclusion. So I hope to see you soon on the trail. And thank you for everything that you do. Well, thank you, Jean. It's been a pleasure. And I, I do wish all of the women who are listening just terrific success with their business. Yes, me too. All right. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you. Bye-bye. So there you have it, listeners. An expert's view of the female CEO perspective, Miss Betsy Vavrin. Take heed 
and make your businesses better. I will see you next Monday as always. Have a great day. I am out. This has been CEO Terrainmaker with Gene Valdez. To find out more, like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. If you have questions, email the show. Find that link and others in the show notes. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.